Previously on Colors. It's the story of Mott's Market. Yeah, so we found out um, that the, the store was going to close about two weeks before it was going to close. And we were just like, oh my goodness, how could, how could the store close? It's been here forever. Neighbors got together and saved it. Coming up in this episode of Colors. Marijuana. It's legal in many places, and you can smoke it. You can eat it. There's a wax that people sort of put in this bong-like device and use a blowtorch and actually inhale this very, very high-potency THC directly into their lungs, and it hits the brain very quickly. That was Wall Street Journal reporter Julie Wernow speaking on WTOP. This is Laura Stack. These can be 80-90% potency. So what's happened, unfortunately, is that The THC interacts with a very complex process in our brains and particularly in adolescence is causing great harm. Her teenage son, Johnny. When he was 19 years old, he had become psychotic. And all of her efforts to help him ended. With his suicide. She turned her tragedy into an effort to help other people. That's coming up in this episode of Colors. Simmering racial tensions. Segregation now and tomorrow and forever. Fighting injustice. I have a dream. Conflict looming. Brutality exposed. I can't breathe. I can't breathe. The search for solutions starts here. From WTOP in Washington, D.C. This is Colors, a dialogue on race in America. Check the mic and make sure it sounds right, boys. Hi, I'm Neil Augenstein. I'm white, Jewish, grew up in the suburbs of New Haven, Connecticut. Hello, my name is Gisela Perez-Kusakawa. I am Filipino-American and currently here at Washington, D.C. My name is John Echohawk. I'm a citizen of the Pawnee Nation of Oklahoma. My name is Therese Coleman. I am a black woman and I am from Ashland, Virginia. My name is J.J. Green. I'm black and this is colors. It sound right, boy. What I told Laura Stack when we first spoke was this podcast is dedicated to respectfully and interracially exploring issues of race in America. Marijuana psychosis is an issue that transcends race. It transcends so many things. And Laura Stack is probably the best or one of the best people in this country to explain the problem to us to help us figure out what we should know, what we should have known, how to take what we know, and to do something with it to help other people. Let me just say thank you, first of all, for doing this. Um, I have known about your efforts and efforts like yours for a while, um, but certainly not long enough. Um, I just became really aware how big a problem um, marijuana psychosis is because of some experiences that I've witnessed. And I started to do a little research and learned a little more, learned about your group, learned about some other people. So let's just start this conversation off, first of all, by 
you telling us about your son, Johnny. Oh, thanks. I love to talk about my son. Uh, he was a wonderful person. He was uh, very involved in our church. Uh, we're a Christian family. Uh, we have an older daughter and a younger son. So we, uh, we taught Sunday school for many years. He loved school. Uh, he was a runner. He ran cross country and track. He was very musical, loved Billy Joel, played the piano, played the guitar. Um, wicked smart, got a perfect SAT score in math, 800 out of 800 in high school. Uh, never got a B. He was a 4.2 GPA until his second semester of his senior year. He got four Ds and he barely graduated. Um, he had a scholarship to Colorado State University. He could have literally done anything he wanted to do with his life. Sadly, Johnny discovered marijuana at 14 years old. Uh, I live in Colorado, and we were the first state, as you know, to legalize recreational marijuana in 2012. Johnny was 12 years old, and it came out into the dispensaries in 2014, and he went to his first high school party uh, where there was marijuana at the party. I know this because he told us we were very close, so that was not unusual, and he said that all the boys wanted to try to get high and someone had handed him the pen and told him to hit it. And he didn't know what to do or say, and he felt very pressured and he did. And this was really unusual for Johnny because he was a real rule follower up to that point. And I told him, son, don't ever do that again because that will destroy that brilliant mind of yours. And I just kind of dropped it. And unfortunately, that was the beginning of a five-year struggle to try to help him that unfortunately ended with his suicide. When he was 19 years old, he had become psychotic. Yeah. He thought that the mob was after him and that everybody knew everything about him and sadly um took his life and so he would never had a chance to fulfill all of his hopes and dreams yeah he was really great i wish i wish you could have met him well thank you for sharing that story i feel like uh, while you were talking i was trying to envision uh, a person who actually gets straight a's and scores perfects on sats because i know i certainly did not and I know that somebody who does that kind of thing must be a very special person. And uh, I'm, again, very sorry for your loss, but I'm also very happy about what you're doing about it. But before we get to that work, tell us what exactly was happening to Johnny. We, we've heard about something called marijuana psychosis, and um, it causes psychotic episodes, but I'm sure you've done a lot of studying and a lot of work on this, but tell us how that happened to Johnny. Sure. Well, you know, it's not that this never used to happen to people. It just didn't used to happen as much as marijuana has really changed um, over, well, since, you know, I was born in 1960. Uh, there was this little concert going on called Woodstock. Maybe you've heard of it. You know, and people back then were smoking like 1% weed, you know, in a gram of flour. Today, uh, average in Colorado, the flour is 20%, but you can buy 35% strains. 
And now they've created processes to extract the THC, tetrahydrocannabinol, that's the molecule in the marijuana plant that makes you feel high, and concentrate it. So the shatters, the waxes, the vapes, the dabs, the edibles, these can be 80, 90% potency. So what's happened, unfortunately, is that the THC interacts with a very complex process in our brains, and particularly in adolescence, is causing great harm. The female brain doesn't stop forming till the age of 25, and now we know the male brain up until the age of 28 to 30. So sadly, it is causing accelerated thinning in the prefrontal cortex, and it's causing in youth elevated rates of mental illness. It's exacerbating depression and anxiety in our youth and causing this phenomenon called cannabis-induced psychosis or CIP. And most people don't recognize it because they think, oh, you know, it's just weed. Like, this can't do anything to you not understanding these new potencies. And uh, we have research now that shows this is the case. Uh, NIDA, National Institute on Drug Abuse, just came out with a study in May of 2023 showing after 7 million people, five decades of data, that 30% of young men ages 21 to 30 with schizophrenia would not have had it had they not used marijuana. So we're now seeing that cannabis use disorder or the, the use of habitual uh, marijuana is now a, a, a risk factor in the onset of this mental illness. And yeah. it's very typical mental illness that I, I mean, I can talk to a parent and tell them um, your kid's using THC. Um, typically involves suspiciousness, paranoia, um, people are after me. People are watching me. Um, there's usually themes of persecution. Of uh, uh, you know, people are listening to me through my phone, um, and it's being caused by the marijuana. We know this is true because when Johnny became sober, his thinking would resolve, and he had several instances where he would stop using, become sober, kind of come back and realize, wow. That was scary and it would scare him, but he was so addicted to the marijuana, he just took it up again thinking he was better. And then he would become psychotic again. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we now, it, just in our little nonprofit, we have over 1100 parents right now um, whose children are in cannabis induced psychosis in mental hospitals around the US in our private support group. Yeah, and that's what I wanna talk to you about. and. As a part of this, I mentioned to you in my reach out to you that I've witnessed some evidence of what I thought was this. And now I know for sure that's yeah. what it is because, yeah. you know, I've seen situations with a young man who does things that using heavily. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but he does things that just don't add up in the in the in the in the sensical world. And yeah. I know it's very like, delusional. You talk to them and they. Yeah. It just doesn't make sense none of, at all. None of what he said, none of what he says makes sense. And you see yeah. this individual doing things that just don't make sense at all. But the, the the really concerning thing about this is not just this individual, but as you mentioned, the explosion in the number of cases. And so oh. many people just don't seem to be aware that this is happening. No. 
And a part of the reason for this conversation is in the state of Maryland, which joined this group recently, I simply don't think people, politicians, did the homework on this to see what was going on in other places. Because we see or if they did do like their this. homework, like in Colorado, they're just ignoring it um, because they are willing to sacrifice public health and our children on the altar of their profits. And so the evidence is very robust. Yeah. Um, there is a lot of very um, peer reviewed, you know, scientific research showing uh, the link. Uh, we have link. We have research out of Canada. We have research out of Denmark, out of London. Um, but they just, you know, want to kind of close their eyes to it all because it's yeah. the almighty buck, right? Yeah. Um, and so unfortunately, I'm not surprised at all with what you're seeing. Yeah, so now let's get back to what you're doing about this. Johnny's Ambassadors is your organization. Tell us what, yeah. tell us what Johnny's Ambassadors is all about and how you do your work. Well, when I had this happening to Johnny, I had nowhere to turn you know, and nowhere to go and didn't understand um, what to do, how to get him treatment. Um, my insurance wouldn't help me. They said, of course, it's not addictive. You know, none of the doctors would believe me. So after Johnny died, um, I said, you know, I'm going to be the one that's going to help other parents. I'm going to be that voice out there. And we started with five parents, you know, whose children were affected by this. And now we've grown to over 1100. We have 10,000 ambassadors around the US. And we're we're trying to sound the alarm. You know, we are educating teens and parents and communities about the dangers of these new THC products. I mean, it's it's very similar to taking cocaine and turning it into crack, right? They're very strong, very concentrated. So one dab that a teen hits in their dab pen is the equivalent of 50 50 joints smoked from when I was a kid. Like nobody understands wow. how strong this stuff is. Wow. We talk, um, I have a scientific advisory board. So I teach about brain development. I teach about how mental illness can be uh, exacerbated or caused. I talk about the psychosis and sadly, suicidality in Colorado now, 11 years later, the number one cause of death in our youth ages 15 through 18, according to the Colorado Department of Public Health and Environment is suicide. And the number one substance found in their toxicology report is THC, far more than alcohol. So we are losing generations of young people to this. It is, it is a pandemic. We are just barely scratching the surface of it because Nobody knows what it is yet. You know, it's people are starting to see this like you are. Um, we need to train more of the medical professionals, legal professionals, teachers. I personally spoke to over 100,000 teens last year. I mostly I mostly do school assemblies, middle and high school. Yeah. Uh, and we have about 150 certified trainers around the United States in their communities trying to get uh, the word out. I wrote a book about Johnny's story, The Dangerous Truth About Today's Marijuana. And our parents are writing a book, uh, which will be coming out this spring in terms of what THC has done to their children. Yeah. So that's what we're doing, Jay. We're just trying to uh, let people know that this is not a benign, harmless drug and that it is very dangerous for the brain development of young people in a way that no other drug interacts uh, with our neurotransmitters and trying to educate. What, what 
tools are out there to get to some of these very educated, very well-to-do, and in some cases, just people who are, you know, average people, but they're smart people who just think that, oh, that's not true, or that's not, that's not, it's not a big deal. How do you get through to these people to say, listen, um, it's right here in black and white, and you can see these numbers that you pointed out, but there are people out there, some of them are just average citizens. Some of them, as I mentioned, are in state legislatures or local county county governments, et cetera. They just don't seem to be able to process this. Or as you said, maybe they're just not interested. So what's next? How do, how do we turn this around? Well, Johnny's Ambassadors is uh, doing a lot of media. You know, we really have to get the scale increased. Uh, We just spent $50,000 on a a PSA that is all over the United States in 1900 different television stations. Uh, We have to do large scale media. I was on Dr. Phil, uh, People Magazine, New York Times, Wall Street Journal, um, Fox News. You know, we really just have to try uh, to get the word out and through our local communities and to teach people also on a grassroots level how to educate. You know, I was on a coalition in Colorado that successfully passed Colorado House Bill 1317, regulating marijuana concentrates. We have gone from 6,000 medical marijuana cards for 18-year-olds in Colorado down to 1,000. So we have decreased by 5,000 med cards since 2015 our medical marijuana, which represents a lot less marijuana in our schools. Um, So we really just have to attack it on a lot of different fronts. Uh, We have a lot of social media. We have over 3000 people on our Facebook page and I just put stuff up there and they just hit share. So it's everybody's responsibility to try to tell other people uh, what is going on. And that's why we call them ambassadors because we need a lot of ambassadors out there helping us promote this message. You know, do you remember that television commercial with the frying pan? This oh is yeah, this is your brain on drugs, right? yeah. And this to me is that moment because I remember yeah. seeing that and thinking, whoa. So just listening to what you've said today, yeah. I'm, se- I'm seeing this as well, whoa. Over the weekend, yeah. I read this article in the Wall Street Journal about marijuana psychosis and I spoke to the author of that piece. And, you know, I know a couple of people that are, you know, some of your ambassadors uh, are involved, were involved in that. And so it seems as though the word is getting out about this, but I just think we really need to hit the hyperdrive here and get this going a lot faster because we're seeing a lot of crime problems that are related to this. And in many States, I don't think actually in any state, there is a way to actually test your blood alcohol for marijuana. I do know work is being done on that, but we're not there yet. But we need to get to that point, too, where that's available. Have you had any discussions about how to do that? Well, we don't get involved in the driving um, aspect because we are in youth prevention, but we do have allied partners in different areas that are coming up with some tests for that. I know in Colorado, we have increased crashes and crime and homelessness, uh, ER visits, a 600% increase in calls to the Rocky Mountain Poison Control Center 
ER, um, behavioral health. We 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 spend four and a half dollars in Colorado for every dollar we take in in marijuana revenue. So it has turned out to be a really bad business proposition. So we are focused on, hey, given that in Colorado and in many places around the United States, that horse is not getting back in the barn in terms of, uh, you know, taking away legalization. That's not what we're after. We're here to say, look, given that this is the reality, how can we keep kids from trying this stuff in the first place? How can we get them to delay and let their brains finish forming before we see the proof of what is happening. We have brain scans, we have MRIs, we know what happens when THC gets into the developing brain. So that's really what we have to do is get that word out, get parents to realize it isn't the stuff you smoked when you were a kid, right? Get legislators to realize all of the children that are in mental hospitals because now they have become psychotic from using these high potency products. and. If there were anything I could do, it would be to cap the potency of THC. We know anything over 15% is considered high potency. And that's when we had cannabis use disorder begin. In 2013, it was first added to the DSM-5. So it's just not the same thing anymore. And it's not a recreational drug. Laura, is there anything I haven't asked you about that you think is important that you want to share before we finish up with this conversation today? Well, I would just ask people to put aside any preconceived notions they have about marijuana, that it's harmless, that it's medicine, and really look at the research. Uh, there's a lot of research that's available about how harmful it is. But there's no research available about any of these high potency products being beneficial at all. Zero. Everybody talks about this old science, quoting these old studies, 20, 30, 40 years old. There are no research studies on these new high potency products showing any benefit to adolescents. And I will go one on one uh, with any person who wants to tell me an advantage of a teen using a vape. That is powerful, and knowledge is power. And what you've brought to us is evidence that Johnny's 4.0 or perfect score on his SAT math score didn't just come out of the blue. It came from smart parents. And you clearly have proven that you're out there to try to make something out of this. Unfortunately, Johnny is gone, and we can't bring him back, and we're sorry about that. But you are doing, I think, what so many people need to think about doing, and that is getting out there and talking the truth about marijuana. And a lot of people simply don't know it. But thank you for doing it. Thank you for sharing with us. I think anybody who's had a tragedy like mine can experience great healing from telling other people what happened and not being silent and not being shamed and not falling prey to the stigma and letting other people know your story because they can be blessed by your story and they can find healing in your story. And what else am I going to do? Sit around and cry? That's another option. So I just decided, you know, I'm pretty angry that I lost my kid and I'm going to let every single person I know tell I'm going to tell them that it happened so that they can keep that from happening to their kids. And that sure makes me happy. Laura Stack. Thank you for joining us on Colors. 
Thank you for the opportunity. Stay tuned for some thoughts about race in America and details about our next guest. You're listening to Colors. My name is Amy Hendricks. I am a member of the Cherokee Nation, and I um, live on the Cherokee Reservation. I really think as an indigenous person, what I'm trying to do um, in Oklahoma, kind of in the position that I'm in currently, is teaching people that are going out into the medical field about historical trauma, about the true history um, of the people that are showing up to their clinics to be treated, and how that can interact with health, how it can interact with their interactions with patients, Um, We have a long way to go. And and I think the first thing is, you know, understanding the history that's there, um, which is becoming increasingly more difficult um, to teach in certain places of the United States um, and making sure that we're celebrating um, and representing diverse populations and the accomplishments that they've made. Um, Native American and indigenous people were doing a lot of things and inventing a lot of wonderful um, things before um, Europeans Uh, started kind of inventing the same thing and then taking credit for it. So I think we have a long way to go. But I think if we can start having these conversations and start teaching people, um, that's going to help a lot. This is Colors, a dialogue on race in America. If you have any questions or comments about Colors, send us an email. You can reach us at colors at thecolorspodcast.com. That's colors at thecolorspodcast.com. Coming up in our next episode of Colors. Marijuana psychosis. We're not done yet. Uh, Sadly, eventually in July of 2021, on July 17th, in the early morning hours, he took his life. Randy Bacchus was 21. His mother, Heather, tells us. He thought that the mob was after him, that the FBI was after him, that they were coming to get us. And he really frightened us a lot with the phone call that he gave us. He was having an episode of marijuana psychosis. You know, we didn't realize that marijuana could cause all going on with him. In fact, we didn't really even know everything that was going on with him. She and her husband, Randy, share their story and what they're doing to make sure that other parents are aware of what's going on. That's coming up in our next episode of Colors. That's it for another episode. I want to say thank you to Mike Jakaitis, to Hillary Howard, for helping us with this episode. I want to say thank you as well to the core family, Gina Baysmore, to Thetford Collins, to Rose Varner Gaskins. Also for the music, thanks to Jesse Gallagher, thanks to Cosmic, thanks to Offshane, and most of all, thank you for taking time to listen to Colors, a dialogue on race in America. And remember, just keep talking to each other. And just as important, keep listening to each other. You can subscribe to Colors wherever you get your podcasts. This is Colors, a dialogue on race in America.